Hey everybody, this is Matt Hardman once again with the Race Nerd Podcast for you right here on CKCC Radio. Thank you for tuning in, uh, and thank you for continuing to support this show along with the plethora of programming that CKCC Radio provides you each and every week. Uh, we are back. Uh, I am back, I should say. Uh, it's been a hot minute since I've been able to, um, get over here, get recording, um, you know, everything going on, as, as I say, life happens when you're busy making other plans. Uh, I'll never forget that quote the first time I heard it, and it's pretty much been the honest truth. Uh... I did not get a chance to record last last week due to a myriad of different things, and by the time that it got time to record, it was almost the weekend, uh, pretty much the weekend, um, by last Friday, uh, and I just decided to wait, and I am recording here on a Monday. Uh, I am in the mobile studio, um, driving very safely, as I always do, um, and, uh, so, we've got two weeks of racing to cover, uh, we've got, obviously, the Indianapolis 500, the old Memorial Day tradition, um, the greatest spectacle in racing to talk about, we've got the Coke 600, where history was made, and made in a big way, a big statement. Uh, then we had the races this weekend, which involved the ARCA Series um, Cup at um, at Sonoma Raceway in the heart of Napa Valley. Then we had the Xfinity Series running the, um, the Mid-Ohio Sports Complex, and we'll talk about all that. Uh, and then some, we got some rumors to discuss on the show, um, including a big one, um, a, a, a big one that has, you know, it doesn't quite have the impact as the rumor of Brad Keselowski, uh, that's going around, but this one's still a big one nonetheless, uh, especially if it is true, uh, but there's still a lot going on um, in the world of racing, and we actually head into uh, the biggest part of the season. We're actually starting to head into the mid-season. You know, we're we're at that halfway break, or pretty darn close to it at this point. Uh, so we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, but first and foremost, I do want to get to a pop quiz nose. Um, at the Coke 600, I'm going to kind of jump ahead a little bit and, and give you this part. Uh, the Coke 600 with Kyle Larson's win, not only did Hendrick Motorsports tie um, Petty Enterprises for the most wins by one team in the Cup Series, uh, they also gave Chevrolet its 800th win. Now, many of those 800 wins were attributed to Hendrick Motorsports. But what Hall of Famer gave Chevrolet and the Bowtie brand their 200th win? Uh, 
uh, answer at the end of the show. Uh, so, if I were to start out this show with anything other than the Indianapolis 500, I, I would not be paying uh, the proper respect, the proper due diligence to you, the fans who listen to this. Um, because the Indianapolis 500 is the race of all races. Um, the International Sweepstakes, as it was called back in the day when Ray Haroon won the very first one in the number 11 Mormon Wasp uh, in 1911. This year, there were so many stories to go around about the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500. Would we see a fourth-time winner with Helio Castro Neves uh, joining the rather prestigious group of three? Only three drivers that have ever won four of those uh, Borg Warner trophies in their career. Uh, would we see Takuma Sato uh, go back-to-back -back in the Indianapolis 500? Would, it, would he win his third? Would we have uh, first-time winners like Connor Daly or Graham Rahal, who is searching for his first win on the 35th anniversary of his father's only win? Uh, would we see Team Penske come back to prominence? Would we see... Juan Pablo Montoya uh, pick up his third one after some time away. Um, so, so many stories. Uh, would, would the youngsters that have been really uh, legging it out this season, um, like uh, Alex Pillow and Renus VK, would they be able to master the two and a half miles? Would Scott Dixon uh, pick up another Indy 500 win and uh, strengthen his lead in the IndyCar points? All those stories did not matter at the checkered finish at the checkered line, uh, as Helio Castro Neves, Mister Dancing with the Stars, Mister 21 years with Team Penske before being let go at the end of last season as Penske would fold up their IMSA program, they would let this man go, and Meyer Shank Racing would pick him up to drive a team car for, uh, as a teammate to Jack Harvey, who has been strong so far this season, um, in their full, in their first full-time effort in the IndyCar series. Helio Castro Neves becomes only the fourth driver in 105 runnings of the Indianapolis 500 to win four Borg Warner trophies, joining AJ Foyt, Al Unser Sr., and his mentor at Team Penske for so many years, Rick Mears. Not bad for a guy who was pretty much written off by Team Penske as being too old. And just not enough uh, room on the docket for him uh, with the team. And 
probably a good thing because Team Penske did not light the world on fire in the Indy 500. Um, there were some decent showings by uh, Scott McLaughlin and early on with um, Joseph Newgarden, but it was a it was a Honda route. Uh, saw Connor Daly up front um, before a a very scary incident with Graham Rahal. Uh, took him out of contention. Um, Graham Ray Hall going out of the race. Another really strong car. Uh, a lot of contenders in this one. It certainly was one of the better Indy 500s uh, that I had that I've had the honor because to listen, to be able to breathe that air, that, that knowingness that you're witnessing history, um, it's, it's chilling and satisfying and everything all at the same time. Uh, but this Indy 500 was special. We saw Connor Daly, who was another driver that has bounced around from team to team, never getting really a full season in really good equipment uh, run very strong until uh, a miscue by Ray Hall's pit crew uh, caused him losing a tire coming out of the pits that uh, very scarily uh, hit the, um, the nose of the Connor Daly car and bounced off very, very scary incident. Um, both drivers were obviously okay. Um, but this, this was definitely a, a race fitting for the history books. Um, I've not seen a race that good in a long time. I, I actually streamed the radio broadcast at first finally was able to uh, watch the the re-air of it later uh, online and it certainly lived up to the hype of the Indianapolis 500. So major props to Helio, major props to Meyer Shank Racing and Honda. Um, this was definitely a really good one and I can't think of any driver anybody in that garage area, any owner, anybody who was not excited and happy to see Helio Castro Neves finally, finally get that fourth Indy 500 win. But that wasn't all the racing that we had Memorial Day weekend, as we would just a couple hundred miles away in Charlotte, North Carolina, the home of NASCAR and stock car racing. They would be running three races in three days, four races in three days, I apologize, as NASCAR would go right down to uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway, start off on Friday with the, with the, uh, with the truck series race, uh, that we'd see John Hunter Nemechek further cement his spot at 
the top of the standings <coughs> in the in the truck series, a move which, you know, surprised some people with him moving back down to the truck series to drive for Kyle Busch uh, compared to um, continuing his uh, Cup Series career with Front Row Motorsports. Um, John Hunter picks up his season-leading uh, fourth win of the season. Um, proving that he is the real deal in that this kid certainly has all the talent. And not to be determined, on Saturday, the very next day, we would see Ty Gibbs pick up two wins. Uh, first in the Arkham Menard series, a.k.a. the Ty Gibbs Invitational. Nobody was able to beat him. Then doubling it up in the 300-miler for the Xfinity Series, which saw him pick up his second career win in the Xfinity Series. Um, kid, you know, he's got talent. He's got talent. That's all I could say a positive about him. We'll get to more on that in a second. Then we move on to Sunday, the Coke 600, the former World 600 for you old school racing fans. Um, that race would see history made as well as Kyle Larson would win for Rick Hendrick his 268th win, or 200, 268th win, tying him for the most wins for an owner, uh, along with, um, Petty Enterprises, uh, which is pretty astounding uh, to, to have such a record. And knowing Rick Hendrick's roots, um, that his team that was once known as All-Star Racing would, um, was originally trying to sign Richard Petty from Petty Enterprises. Unfortunately, the deal fell through, and um, Petty would would join Mike Kerb and win at Daytona that year for his 200th win. Um, Hendrick didn't do too shabby. Uh, after all, choosing Jeff Bodine and winning their very first race at Martinsville, a race that, if they did not perform well, would have put a Hendrick Motorsports out of business. Uh, so fast forward to the Coke 600, Kyle Larson picking up the record tying win for Hendrick Motorsports. Not only that, but also picking up the 800th win for Chevrolet. Uh, 800 wins is rather astounding when you think about it. Think about all the car manufacturers that have been in NASCAR throughout the years. Uh, you've had your Fords, your Mercuries, your Plymouths. Uh, hell, there's been Hudson Hornets and Nash Ramblers and a Jaguar. A Jaguar! Which owns the very astute fact of Al Keller winning in a Jaguar in the very first NASCAR road race. 
That should tell you something. Um, but Kyle Larson would win this race, get that 800th win for Chevrolet, tie the record for Hendrick Motorsports, and not only tie the record for Hendrick Motorsports, but would give them a 1, 2, 3, 4 finish as all four of their drivers swept the top four positions with Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, and William Byron um, getting those top spots. Um, whoever wrote Hendrick Motorsports off the last couple of years, I, I hope you uh, have woken up because apparently HMS has woke up. Uh, then we move to the Wine Valley of Sonoma into mid-Ohio as on Friday we would well, actually I believe it was Saturday Saturday we see Chase Briscoe a, a, a very good road racer um, for Stuart Haas Racing the rookie um, return to the ARCA series where he would pick up a win at Sonoma <coughs> dominating the day uh, in terms of getting more practice to run the Cup Series race at Sonoma. So he would uh, he would do that, dominate that, and then you would have A.J. Allmendinger. Speaking of drivers who were written off um, from Penske, uh, A.J. Allmendinger, who's been on fire since he has joined uh, Colleg Racing, uh, making a masterful move late in a race, uh, going three wide on a restart, and taking the win, his ninth Xfinity win of his career. Um, he would uh, he would be mentioned in rumors um, involving colleague racing which we'll talk about in a moment and um, this uh, this was kind of a um, it, w it was a very good race a very well run race um, great to see great to see Wingdinger back in victory lane uh, you know especially with, after that move uh, late in the race on Austin Sindrick in Ty Gibbs who were battling for that top position. And Ty Gibbs, uh, as I said before, oodles a talent, but with a mouth and an ego the size of Andre the Giant, as he had ripped uh, about drivers not giving him respect, and they think it's okay to do, you know, to take advantage of him, and he's not going to be blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, and not that Ty will ever hear this, but I got some advice for him. He's got talent on the level, I really do believe, on the level of a Kyle Larson or a Kyle Busch. He is that good. But he's got two things working against him. Obviously, uh, being the grandson of Joe Gibbs has put you in a spot where many drivers would die for 
and you certainly are not making friends on the track with that, but you're also not making fans on the track with your mouth. Uh, we saw this with the Dylan boys, uh, the grandsons of uh, Richard Childress. Um, they certainly got a little bit of a backlash because of uh, the whole Silver Spoon. I mean, who can, who can't remember the incident back in 2013 at Martinsville in the truck race uh, involving uh, Ty Dillon's team and Kevin Harvick, who at the time was driving for, uh, I believe it was Joe um, Gallagher Motorsports or Joe Dennett Racing, I forget which. Anyway, it was an incident involving them. A sledgehammer was thrown at Harvick's truck, and Harvick had some not nice things to say after the race involving them. Um, and this was just at the time as he was leaving Childress and heading to, um, heading over to the, um, the Stuart Haas racing that we know now. So, anyway, uh, Ty has certainly got an ego, doesn't, it, I think a lot of that, well, we'll see if he can write checks that is asking cash when he gets to cop. Um, I think at this point in his career, you know, while he is uh, very, very talented, very, very strong in the Xfinity series, I don't think that he will be able to pull this stick in the cup series. Uh, thankfully, we won't see him um, in the next, at least for the next season or two in cup, um, but you never know. Things may change. Anyway, moving on. Um, moving to the Cup Series, we would see another Kyle Larson uh, beatdown as he picks up his third win of the season, taking the points lead away from Martin Truex Jr., who he is now tied with for the most wins. Um, he would win at Sonoma, basically his home track, and would break the record that was held for an entire week between Hendrick Motorsports and Petty Enterprises. Um, Kyle Larson certainly is coming into his own, and it's begging the question, is Kyle Larson the most talented driver uh, in the history of Hendrick Motorsports? Now, Hendrick Motorsports has had a lot of drivers come through its doors. Um, some have been successes, obviously, like a, um, like a, uh, Jeff Gordon or a Jimmy Johnson. Uh, some have been reclamation projects, which have worked out, like Terry Labonte. Um, others have, uh, burned down and failed. Um, Ricky Craven, um, was not very successful in his... A career with Hendrick Motorsports, but a lot of that had to do with injuries. Um, Wally Dallenbach, Craven's replacement, just wasn't that good. Uh, I don't think Ken Schrader ever reached his full potential with with Hendrick. Um, sure, he had a couple of wins, and he was very fast on the super speedways, but just never reached that full potential. Um, 
but there's and I I really do believe that Kyle Bush was not at his full potential when he uh, started his career for Hendrick Motorsports. But Kyle Larson is in a spot in his career where he is reeling off wins. Um, and he has that talent, that raw racing talent, that I think he can surpass some of the all-time greats. I think he will easily have 50 wins in his career if he continues with Hendrick Motorsports. If he continues with a top-tier team. Because, let's be honest, um, Chip Ganassi's game has fallen off. I mean, especially if you look at the past couple of races, uh, what has happened with Kurt Busch and Ross Chastain. Um... But I think that if there's any driver in the history of Hendrick Motorsports that you can compare to a Kyle Larson, it is the late Tim Richmond. Um, they both are very adept at driving anything and everything out there and can win in anything and everything out there and can win on any kind of track. Um, I, I, certainly, I certainly see it. Uh, it's it's fun. it's great to finally see Kyle Larson in a spot where he can win each and every week, and it would be something if he walks away with the championship this year without a full-time sponsor. Um, I know his um, his incident um, during the iRacing broadcast certainly is. Put a lot put him in a lot of negative connotations, um, you know. It, and he has paid for his crime. Obviously, NASCAR's felt it. Rick Hendrick has felt it. Um, a lot of people have come out in support of him. Um, now it's just, you know, now it's time to let's not forget what. He had said, and you know, obviously everything that he's gone through with that. But it, maybe it's time for corporate America to just kind of differentiate the the Kyle Larson of Bristol 2020 with the Kyle Larson of now. Um, obviously, he is a changed person. He's much older, much wiser by that. And also, let's look. Let's look at his stats. Just look at his stats. How he has not had a full-time sponsor really boggles my mind. So, um, we are caught up on all the races. Uh, just want to touch on a couple of rumors. Uh, first, being Colleg Racing uh, has announced that they will go cup racing next year in 2022 with the car tomorrow. Uh, they're in the process of looking at a charter. Uh, there has been um, some connection with AJ Allmendinger returning to Cup, but as of right now, it seems that it will be Justin Haley running full-time for Colic Racing uh, in 2022 on the Cup Series with uh, AJ Allmendinger running um, a partial schedule in the Cup Series along with his full-time uh, Xfinity Series duties uh, for the team. 
another rumor making the rounds, and this is kind of a big one, uh, as Kurt Busch had stated that he doesn't want to retire until he, um, until he, uh, runs the, the new car, the Gen 7 car, uh, which would make him one of the handful of drivers who have driven the Gen 4, the COT, the, the Gen 6 car, which is the current uh, integration and the new Gen 7 car. Uh, obviously, the initial thought was that Kurt would continue with Ganassi Motorsports in this venture, uh, but there has been rumors, uh, rather strong rumors, that Kurt, the 2004 champion, will join uh, 2311 Racing, the Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan co-owned team, uh, as a second car and teammate to um, Bubba Wallace. Now I kind of see this as a win-win. It gives it gives Bubba another veteran to lead off of, and it gives the team a driver with a guaranteed spot, being a former champion, if if needed, and also. It gives Kurt the chance to do something nobody else currently has. As Kurt has won in all the makes that he has driven in the Cup Series. With Toyota being the only make he has not driven for on the Cup side, uh, therefore has not won with. So there is the allure of that possibility. Um, when asked about it uh, by his brother Kurt, uh, Kyle, if he would welcome Kurt to the Toyota Fold. Uh, he said that uh, he hears the rumors just like everybody else and that it would be a welcome addition to Toyota. A, a far different scenario than many years ago where at one point the Bush brothers were not on speaking terms. Um, but obviously time heals all wounds. So it, it's good to hear um, that Anyway, uh, as I'm going to wrap up this show for the week, I'm uh, going to give you the answer for this week's uh, Pop Quiznos, and that is, which, um, which Hall of Fame driver gave Chevrolet its 200th win? Now, Rex White gave them their 100th win, but it was 1973 Cup Series champion, the late great Benny Parsons, who would give Chevrolet their 200th win. So if you didn't know that, you know that now. And obviously, everything after that was pretty much Hendrick Motorsports. Their 300th, 400th, 500th, so on and so on. So they should just rename Chevrolet Racing, um, Hendrick Chevrolet Racing at this point. But... Until then, um, we'll talk the All-Star Race next week. Um, we'll have Belle Isle uh, for IndyCar, and so on and so on. But until then, I'm Matt Hardman, and I will see you at the track.